you spend your Sundays looking for something fun to do, usually they're so drab and dull. <sighs> Boring. We have just the thing for you. November 28th, the Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast present Debstock 2021. Featuring music by Nick Gussman and the Coyotes. Screeching halts. Debstock 2021, November 28th from 3 to 7 at the Old Rock House, 1200 South 7th Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Tickets on sale at MetroTix.com. Debstock 2021, a benefit for glioblastoma brain cancer. Brought to you by Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast. Hey guys, it's Pat from Beyond FM, and if you're in the mood for some great food with an Irish spin, they get out to Shamrocks in St. Peter's. They have some of the best food around, and that's not an Irish jig. (laughs) See what I did there? Get your hands on the Shamrocks famous buffalo chicken pizza, or go for some of the burgers, and those are my favorite. The Wee Burgers, or even the O'Fatty Milk gets me every time. So hit up Shamrocks at 4177 Veterans Memorial Parkway, or call them at 636-939-2000. That's 636-939-2000. Or find them on Facebook at Shamrocks Pub and Grill. It's Shamrocks. Previously on... Our guest tonight is... I don't know, maybe the arguably, but to me, uh, one of the best R&B artists in St. Louis as we speak. And I'm talking about Strings EMB. The beauty part about the end of the song is ATG doesn't come in and ruin it. Yeah, it's ATG with strings EMB and it's round of applause. We were, we were, we were no, we were joking. We were talking. We were talking during the song, and you know, the the vibe at the beginning. You're just like, yeah, this is cool. And then ATG ATG kicks in with, you know, and you're like. Fuck, dude! Shut up! I was vibing on that, dude. I'm sure. I'm sure Antonio's gonna appreciate that. I one. know. He's right. gonna he'll charge. Like, hey, the next photo shoot we do, he's gonna charge Uh-oh. your ass triple. You Uh-oh. fucking dick. Hey, I didn't pay for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no, love your ATG, no, I, bro. I love that dude, man. But still, I mean, that vibe at the beginning is just oh, it's so good. Man, gives me chills. Yeah. This is beyond FM. Peace, quiet, and good order. Will be maintained in our city to the best of our ability. Riots, melees, and disturbances of the peace are against the interest of all our people and therefore cannot be permitted. We interrupt this program to bring you on behalf of the United States government. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Stand by, I'll be right there. 
the best of everything STL. It is Beyond FM, and uh, we have the honor of uh, speaking with Brent Moore from the Many Colored Death. Good evening or good morning, whichever it is to you, Brent. Oh, howdy. Great to be here. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen you guys in, uh, since, I guess, pre-COVID. Uh, sure. The last pop show, probably the Road to Point Fest at some time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the last time we were out that way, so uh, it's been a little while. <laughs> I've seen you guys at least have been productive. Yeah, so we sort of, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall in 2020. Um, we had a lot of a lot of big plans going into uh, basically March of last year, and uh, everything got canceled. So we thought, well, we can, we can sit around and pout about it, <laughs> about it if we want to, or let's just take the time to work on some of these tunes we haven't uh, had a chance to work on. And, uh, we really kind of started with us just trying to work out demos, um, not really knowing what the next step was going to be, but we, we knew we had a, a bunch of songs and, um, and some we were still working on and some were pretty much done. And, um, so yeah, so we just kind of, uh, started working on demos and the demos sounded good. And we thought, well, maybe this is worth just making a full, you know, release out of, of some kind. Um, and that's what we decided to do. So we picked the songs that were done. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> there's more There's more songs, but uh, we, we decided to go ahead and get an EP out. That seems to be, I don't know, the, you can release a whole album, you can release an EP, you can release a single. There's all sorts of ways to do it these days. And um, I think a lot of people are going the single route for now and maybe yeah. releasing EPs. It just, it, it, it's cheaper. You know I mean? We're not, we're not millionaires yet. <laughs> so No. Yeah. And I, and to be honest with you, I don't, I don't even know if that's achievable so much anymore for a rock band. Um, if you are, if you aren't previously established and coming out of an era where there was a lot of money to be made doing yeah. that um, anymore, it's, it's tough for the little guys out there. So, well, plus, uh, plus, I've I've seen a lot of artists, uh, you know, I mean, they spend a, a couple of years trying to make a whole LP, and then they release it all, and then a month later, everybody's going, okay, so what's next? Right. And you're like, man, yeah. I just spent two two years on this. Yeah. You always you always kind of feel like, it, yeah, you can and you can see that in streaming numbers too. You put something out in that first week, it's going like gangbusters, and then it's just it just plummets after that. If um uh, if People just, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's an attention span thing. I don't know if it's a, the way we consume music these days that, you know, because you can have instant access to whatever you want to hear, whenever you want to hear it all the time. I don't know if that just makes it less exciting when something comes out or what. I know I still get really excited when my favorite bands put out something new and I get really excited when someone shares something I haven't heard before or something pops up that I am not familiar with, but it's cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've still got a lot of that in me from, you know, being a kid in the nineties, uh, and being excited about the music that was my generation. Well, you know, I'll, I'll show my stuff. age a little bit. I, I still remember standing in line waiting for things to go on sale to buy at midnight, you know? Oh yeah. So. I definitely did that. Absolutely. Went to record store shows. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I spent a ton of time. Once I had a car, 
you know, a lot of my afternoons were spent at CD Warehouse in Arlington, Texas, combing through. I mean, just picking stuff out based on the way the cover looks or whatever, (laughs) and then take it over to the listening station and just listen to it and go, well, this sucks, or yeah, this is great, and uh, finding music that way, just kind of essentially diving through vinyl, but doing it through CDs at the time, because that's what was happening at the time, so... Um, those, but yeah, I, I, I feel, I, I don't know if that, that dates me too, but, uh, you know, I, I got the, the joy of, uh, you know, go my, my first dance experience in, in middle school, uh, in Louisiana. I remember us all gathering around the speaker in the gymnasium, headbanging to ACDC's, uh, you shook me all night long, uh, and then hopping out on the dance floor and slow dancing to, I don't know, I'm sure it was like a warrant power ballad or <laughs> something, you know, yeah. uh, followed by some new kids on the block song or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever was popular at the time. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still trying up, to live that life now, but it's, it's increasingly difficult to yeah. do that sort of thing. So you bring up the, the listening stations and, and that was a game changer. I mean, that saved me yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you were buying them used, so it wasn't even like you had to pay $18 for a CD or whatever, exactly. you know, they had gotten to with the giant case or the big, either the big cardboard thing they came in or either the big plastic thing. They had to have a special key to open so you couldn't steal it. And <clears throat> yeah, they were just, it was a free for all, except that all the CDs were behind the counter. So, <laughs> so it was just all the empty cases and you took them up to the front. They gave you the CD to go with it. And you went to the listening station, a five disc changer. So yeah. you can listen to five of them, <laughs> but you know, save some time that way. Oh yeah. I still listen to a lot of that stuff that I found that those bands, I never heard of them again, never saw them, never knew that they went on tour or anything. Uh, but I still listen to their music wherever they are. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I still, I actually had just moved, and my ex-wife said, "Like, hey, you have boxes of CDs here." And I'm like, I forgot I even had those, you know. Yeah. And I, I'm like, because I had about three thousand, so I had, I had a lot of boxes. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. So yeah. thumbing, thumbing through some of them, some of them, I was like, did I really buy this? Yeah. <laughs> bargain bin this has got to be yours this can't be mine <laughs> there's no yeah. way about this <laughs> so anyway you got a, you got a new ep coming out called no nothing is that a correct yeah yes yep yeah that's the that's the new one and uh, like i said it was kind of the the songs that we got done um and uh and we we knew we wanted to put something out we didn't want to go just single we could have put out a full length had we spent more time, but I don't know. It was just, it felt like we need to get some music out. You know, it had been, uh, we hadn't put anything out new since 2019 and we'd kind of been like on a three year release plan. So we, we, our first, um, full length was 2016 or no, that's not right. 2013. So we had 2013, 2016, 2019, uh, but I think the pandemic felt like a double year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like, you know what, let's just go ahead and get something out. And, uh, and we'll put out, you know, if we put out another EP within a year, that's great too. So it'll like be putting a, an entire album out a full length, uh, in a year's period. So, well, I think one, a lot of artists had time to do new stuff, especially cause they, and, and they used a lot of creative ways to do it if they didn't want to get together or, 
this and that, but um, yeah, I think a lot of them wanted something new once they started to to you know get back out there and play shows or right anything or at least hey we're we're still alive we're still kicking here's new stuff you know and yeah and it made yeah I know a, go ahead it was it, you know it was kind of depressing so something new is positive you know what I mean yeah no absolutely and and I know there's a, a lot of bands that I follow that are sitting on a new album waiting until they can tour to support it because they're they're unable to do that right now so things that would have come out last year got pushed to this year and then got pushed to next year so um you know there's some bands doing that i I know some bands that i've uh follow are putting out eps kind of in lieu of putting out a full-length album just so they can kind of keep interest level up during the lull Mm -hmm. um uh, you know and then and then there's bands still out there just doing the thing and, and, you know, do, doing what they got to do. So that, that was kind of the hardest part of it is, like I said, we had, we had a lot of shows planned and, and a lot of big things for 2020 that we were really excited about and had all this sort of momentum moving forward. And, uh, and it all just got shut down and, and, um, taking the, the problem was, you know, for us, our excitement level and everything was like, okay, we're going out. We're going to be on the road, which is cool. We haven't really done like a real tour on, you know, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, like what I consider a tour. I I know a lot of uh, bands these days will go, we're going on tour and they're gone for four days and it's to the neighboring state, you know, or whatever. But um, I I still kind of just consider that like a long weekend or or whatever. When I, when I think tour, it's like, we're going out for weeks, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and the thought being like, well, that's how you make money now. Uh, you have to tour. You have to go out. You have to play shows, and you have to sell merch, and you have to sell tickets to those shows and get people excited about what you do so that you can take that money you made, go back, make a record, and give the people again. that record, and then you go back out and do it again. Yep. You know, And that's kind of the, the cycle now. It, it used to be that you could rely on record sales to generate a lot of income, but that doesn't happen anymore. So getting out on the road, it's so the point being we weren't out on the road, which meant we weren't making any money, which meant we didn't have money to make a record, um, which was the plan to get into a studio, to get in, you know, find a producer and do that whole thing. And obviously that all went away. So we just did it ourselves and uh, (laughs) pretty, we're pretty happy with the result. I, I think of the things that we've put out ourselves and recorded ourselves and, and done all that. Um, it's far and away sounds the best. So, yeah. Um, I mean, now the listening to it, I was, I'm out. Cause I was going to ask you, that was one of the questions I got. Okay. So give a shout out to who produced it, who recorded it or whatever, and, you know, what studio did you use? Blah, blah, blah. And now that you say it's a, it's a DIY, I'm like, yeah, wow, that's, that's that sounds fantastic. <laughs> shout out to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that so we uh, we tracked the drums um, in our tiny little rehearsal room that uh, that's it's at a studio, but it's not a we're not in a studio room. We're just in a I don't even know if it's I, I don't even know the size of the room, maybe 12 by 11 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're all kind of crammed in there and it's got a pretty high ceiling in the little room. Um, but we tracked the drums in there. And, uh, I just, again, we thought we were just making demos, so it didn't have to be, 
you know, I mean, I want everything to sound good, but I wasn't thinking it was going to sound good. I just thought it was going to be good enough to get the idea down. Um, and I could work on it, you know, myself at home in my little, uh, demo studio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, so we tracked the drums and there, and most of the bass was tracked. My, uh, our bass is Preston, um, has a little, you know, like a little laptop and a, an interface at home. And, uh, he tracked all the bass at home and then would just send me the files. Um, you know, he would just play along to the drums that I sent him. And sometimes I'd have guitars on there and that sort of thing. And then, uh, I would, I did everything else at home. So all the guitars and and all the vocals, all the mixing, all the mastering, that was all done, uh, here at my little home studio. So, um, yeah, it sounds great. Thanks, man. Thank you. We were, you know, I'm, <laughs> that stuff drives me nuts. It's kind of nerve wracking to me. It's because you're putting yourself out there in way more ways yeah. than you would normally. Normally it's just like, is the song good? Now it's like, oh, and does it actually hold up against other music? Um, sonically speaking. Um, but you know, I, that's one of those things, again, this goes all the way back to me digging through bins and looking for music, uh, when I was young, there's I when I listen to the music that I love, none of it sounds the same. The production value is all over the place on different oh, stuff. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it kind of is just the song. Is the song good? Um, you don't want you don't want your production value to be distracting. Where mm-hmm. people are just like, oh, this is awful. Because uh, because then you can't listen to the song. You just hear the awfulness that's going on. But. Um, but, you know, I mean, I yeah, I, I thought we were we were really proud once I started showing people some of the mixes and stuff just to get ideas like, is this good? Is this holding up? And they would ask me, where did you record this? Why did you, you know, I'm like, Oh, cool. I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's good. So it's actually turned into a, um, I've been able to mix for some people now as a result of these songs already so so that's good so is that something that maybe um, you wanted you may want to do in the future is maybe yeah produce some other yeah, bands I, I, and stuff yeah i like doing it um produce is a weird word because engineer me, maybe producer yeah <laughs> pr, pr, well yeah engineer record whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um i mean i would love to produce i think that'd be a lot of fun i love coming up with parts and, and doing all that kind of stuff and being involved in the songwriting process. But it, that's a hard thing when you're local, I guess, you know, a lot of musicians are interesting in that there's a lot of pride there and there's a lot of like unwillingness to let things go, which is why I've always said, as far as producers go, if we were ever going to, I mean, I have a list of people that I would love to work with. And the reason I want to work with them is because they are the types that get in there and make songs better. That's what their job is. They become another member of the band. They work with you through the writing process to make these songs sound the best and, and be the best that they can possibly be. Sometimes that means not doing anything. Sometimes the song's fine. Um, but the records that I love, I look at who the producers were, who worked on them, who worked on them with the artists, and I go, okay, well, that's that's a guy because there's a track record here. I love all these records this person mm-hmm. did. Um, and so that's kind of what I aspire to be when I'm mixing our own stuff or anyone else's. I'm listening and I'm constantly doing sort of 
checking myself against the things that I really love and the things that inspire me um, from a mix perspective or from a production perspective or how they added, you know, this little bit of uh, percussion or something that really set a track off where maybe a, a normal listener wouldn't have even heard those types of things. They're just listening because they like music. Whereas I'm trying to dissect every little thing and figure out why does this sound the way it does? Why do I like the way it sounds? How can I incorporate these elements or this sort of thought into what it is that we're doing? Um, and that was one of the things that COVID kind of afforded us was time. Because uh, normally you kind of get in there and you're, you're paying someone. And so you're on the clock mm-hmm. and you're worried about spending too much time and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, doing it yourself, you just you spend all the time you want. If you want, you know, a deadline's arbitrary at that point. There's no label, you know, looking at the clock and, and wondering where their money's going or anything like that. As great as that would be, I would love to be on someone else's dime uh, doing it. That's the, the dream, I suppose, is to just be able to go into a studio and just be the musician um, and play. But as it as it is... It's also, I've also been producer on pretty much everything we've done. Um, I haven't always done all of it, though. This is the first kind of, well, not the first, but since our first EP, this is the first EP that we've done where it was 100% us and no one else involved. So, like I said, um, and, and, I like to listen to those two things next to each other because that first one sounds, <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like a person trying to learn how to do it. So, <clears throat> okay, well, let's get into uh, the new stuff, which, like I said, sure. sounds wonderful. Um, let's talk about Know Nothing, which is the title track. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one of the, uh, I guess it was one of the earlier ideas that we decided to focus on. Um, that song is in an open tuning, and I love tunings. I've got a ton of guitars, and the reason I have a ton of guitars is because I like to play in different tunings. At least that's my excuse for having a bunch of guitars. <laughs> I, I've got to, I can't tune them in between songs. I have to grab a different one. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was messing around, um, as, as I like to do. I'll just tune to something, or I'll have heard a song that I tried to figure out, and it was in a tuning and so I started playing around in it and, and figured some stuff out. So that one's in uh, like an open D <clears throat> tuning uh, and then a half step flat from that. So open C sharp. Um, and I, I wrote two or three songs just playing with that tuning. Um, no, nothing came out of me. Just again, just had the I had a Telecaster. It was in that tuning and I'm just kind of jamming in my little studio here. And just the little verse riff came out and I recorded it real quick on my phone, stuck it away, showed it to the band at practice. And they were instantly like, that's cool. Let's work on that. So, so we started working on it and, um, I knew when most of the stuff we do is almost always music first and then melody and lyrics later. Um, we'll, we'll jam and record it. Uh, just on a phone or whatever at rehearsal. And then I'll come back and just listen to it either in the car or when I'm hanging out at the house or something and try to come up with a melody. Sometimes it's while we're playing in the room, I'll just kind of, you know, spout gibberish into the mic. Yeah, I've done that too. Where you just, to, where you just yeah. kind of mumble along. And you're like, oh, well, that, that melody line sounds good, but uh, okay, well, I'll, yeah. let me write the uh, yeah, syllables just, to that. <laughs> well, and for us too, I mean, a big part of it is, uh, or at least for me, 
because I sing and play guitar, it's making sure or trying to think like, can I, what can I sing while I'm playing? Yeah. Um, that's not going to be too screwy. Uh, <clears throat> cause I have sort of painted myself into a corner before where I was like, Oh, how do I, how do I play <laughs> and sing this at the same time? I should have practiced more that way. I really got to do um, that chord change while I'm kind of screaming my, my lungs out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the, and that's kind of the, that's sort of what I was alluding to with COVID giving us more time because I've, this is the first time that an entire group of songs uh, has never been worked out live. We just recorded them and then we're going to be re- trying to rehearse to make sure we can play them uh, live just because we, I didn't, I didn't care about that while we were doing it. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to write what I think sounds right and what I think will be best for the song and then let the cards fall where they may. <laughs> There's a lot of songs in our catalog we never play live and it's not because we can't it's just because we don't have time you know you have 45 minutes yeah. a lot of times when you play live There's, you can't cram you know four or three full-length albums and four eps worth of music into that so um so and, and i know that we're not going to play everything live but with no nothing specifically i went in going how can i make this the best thing uh that i can and this was <clears throat> kind of around uh the time when uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, died. And so I, I think I just had that on my mind. I just sort of, cause I was, I was listening back to old Van Halen records mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like YouTube things about, you know, his sound and all this kind of stuff that people were doing kind of in tribute. <clears throat> and I've never been, I mean, I love Van Halen. I love the band. I love listening to the music. That is not what I do. I, I'm not that kind of guitar player. Yeah. Just my hands don't do those things. So, <clears throat> love listening to it. I can play rhythm guitar. I, the lead stuff is out of my league. So, but, but the other thing that I love, I've always loved the way that, uh, <clears throat> Michael Anthony and Eddie would sing backup vocals together. And you'd have these really high, cool two part mm-hmm. little call and response things that they would do with Dave or whatever. And so when I started working on the verse of know nothing, that immediately popped into my head, like, man, it'd be cool to have, like a call and response uh, type of thing. Um, and that's how I came up with sort of the <clears throat> don't know a thing about it uh, response. And it, and also secretly, it's kind of like to get my bandmates to sing more. I'm always <laughs> trying to encourage them. Preston loves singing. Shay, I don't think she would if she didn't have to, but she also understands the value it adds to the band when you see all three people singing mm-hmm. on stage and I'm like a huge Kings X fan. So I love, you know, bands where everyone sings and everyone's in there being a part of the, the thing. So, um, so yeah, so it, so it got them singing along with us and, um, yeah. So, and, and that's sort of what bore the, the title of the song. Um, that line, don't know a thing about it, that call and response <clears throat> during all the verses. Um, and it, it was sort of a, I guess it, in a lot of ways, it was sort of a commentary on, uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of times in, in current society, people like to say a lot of things, um, because they want to be the first oh, to yeah, say those yeah. things. Yeah, it's really I mean, that's the right thing. Now. It's always like, who can, who can, you know, who can scoop who, regardless of whether it's true or whether it's real or whether it's factual it's just if it is great we win if it's not 
well, I don't know what you're talking about. And you just move on. And that seems to be the way a lot of people approach uh, <laughs> their life now. It's just like, well, I just want to be the first regardless of, you know, and if it doesn't work out, you'll forget about it yeah. because no one will remember that I tweeted this or that I said whatever. Uh, and when someone does call me out on it, I just go, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And they just move on. So <laughs> that's kind of the idea behind the song. It's just sort of that that attitude and then me kind of being like, yeah, you do that. I'll just, I'll do what I'm, <laughs> I'll do my own thing. All right. You can kind of do what you want to do. Yeah. Well, so. let, let's check it out. This is uh no nothing. And this is the many colored death and it's on beyond FM. <laughs>
spinning fiction claiming it's the It's the best of everything STL. It is Beyond FM and uh, hanging out with Brent Moore from the Mini Color Death. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Bless Your Heart. Yeah. Um, so this was probably, uh, this was one of the first ones that was actually done. Um, a song that we wrote, rehearsed, recorded. Um, and it was, it's short, you know, I mean, it's two and a half minutes long. Um, and we knew right off the bat, just sort of from the riff at practice jamming on it, that we liked it. It was a real punch in the face kind of song. And, um, so yeah, I mean the, again, super simple two and a half minutes, um, sort of just let it rip the whole time. Uh, the, the, the song lyrically, um, is, is really sort of a response to like keyboard warriors, you know, these, uh, just people who love to hear themselves type, I guess, or something. Yeah, and the way sure, I see but... it, not, not everybody should have a platform to speak their mind sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that, and, but that's, you know, it's the times we live in. Everybody no. does. So it's right there for you to say whatever you want to say, whenever you want to say it, however you want to say it. So this was sort of the, um, this sort of, kind of the response to, which is funny, it's the people who speak their mind, mm-hmm. which they are perfectly capable of doing. No one will tell them they can't do that. Uh, then they get blowback because they said something that offended people, and then they get offended. So we double down on the offense now because yeah. they're mad because they're not, they just spoke their mind, regardless of the fact that what they said was completely offensive uh, to lots of people. So, uh, you know, so bless their heart. Well, also, you, know, you, run the, idea you run into the other side, too. You say something very positive, and then somebody's like, well, oh, yeah. that's stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, it's like you can't get away with, with any of it anymore. No. So um, there's always going to be, you know, we were talking about this, uh, like the day the, the EP popped up on YouTube, you know, someone, someone went through and thumbs down every song. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. who, who's just spending the time? You know, like, what's the, all right, that's cool, whatever. I mean, if we were a band, you know, playing sold out arenas, of course you're going to have haters, you know? I mean, you're like a global, you can't please everybody, obviously. But, you know, you got, (laughs) you got like less than a hundred views and someone's just decided like, nope, not for me, thumbs (laughs) it down. So I'm like, all right, whatever, man, (laughs) I guess that's your thing. Show up and. Screw it up for everybody. So yeah, and I don't understand um, it either because you guys are so down to earth and so fun. And I mean, you guys do not have attitudes whatsoever. So I, I, I don't get it. But it's just somebody just having a bad day, or they're just yeah. An asshole. I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, and they and I, yeah, there there are just there are just people who need to poo poo on everything. You know. <laughs> yep. So that's just their lot in life. It's like, well, it's it's Debbie Downer from the from Saturday Night Live. You know, I'm like, wow. Well, I wish it sounded like this. But anyways, yeah, that's so that was my sort of that's something that my mom always chimes in with uh, that I, I think is hilarious. No matter what we post about our kids doing something cool or if, if something goes, my mom says, oh, well, bless their heart. You know? <laughs> so that's just kind of my, my I can southern hear it in my upbringing. Head too. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's just the southern upbringing in me. Just like, well, bless their little heart, you know. So... 
All right, well, let's check it out. This is a Bless Your Heart, and it's on Beyond FM. It is the best of everything STL. It is Beyond FM. Tonight we are celebrating the release of Know Nothing, the latest EP from the Mini Color Death. And um, earlier in the show we talked about um, other members of the band singing. And I'm guessing that you are not singing in Big Boy. Am I correct? Uh, I am singing in Big Boy 100%. Are you really? Because it does not <laughs> sound like you. <laughs> there is, I can tell you with 100% certainty, there is no voice but my own on this entire wow. EP. That so. is a t- it's, it's a t- it, it totally threw me off it because it does not sound like you at all. All right. That's cool. Yeah. No, that's good. That, I like to, I'm a fan of David Bowie. I'm a fan. Of, yeah. <laughs> you can become Changing something it up. Else. It's a different kind of song for us. You know, it's yeah. about as close to country as we will ever get. You know, it's got a little bit of a twangy thing mm-hmm. happening in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I wrote that on acoustic. Um, and it's got, again, sort of the – it's got a little bit of that call and response, but instead it's between the music and the vocals. So you get sort of a hanging chord where you can kind of sing – and then the riff comes back in, and then you sing, and then the riff comes back in. So, um, again, something a little different uh, for us as far as the style of the song and that sort of thing. But um, given the time that we had and 
I don't know. I, my favorite bands, again, I always go back to this. My favorite bands do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, they just kind of make the music that they make. They don't fuss over. Does this sound like everything we've ever done before? They just make the music they make. And I think it's a shame sometimes because again, the attention span has changed so much over time that <clears throat> a lot of bands aren't given license to just be themselves. They kind of feel like, man, if we don't put out another banger right off the bat, people are going to think we're soft or people think we're like a different thing or we're not doing what they expect us to do. Um, but I, you know, that's what I love. I love bands that just show all of it. You I'm, know, just I'm the let same it all way. Hang I'm, out. I'm the same way. A band that just comes out with something organically and not forces anything is, is beautiful. Well, and that's and they that's seem the to game. last longer too for the yeah, most part. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I I feel like if you're only releasing singles, it's easy to get pigeonholed because if you if you release a single and it's a full on rock track, everyone hears that and goes, "Man, this, this band's great. They rock." But then you wait three, four, five months and you put out another single and it's completely different and it's soft and acoustic. Well, you may just cut out like an entire group of people because. It's not what they thought it was. It's not what they thought you were or what they expected of you. Whereas if you put out five songs and one of them's different, you go, oh, cool. They just they did a little something different in the middle of, you know, these songs. So I feel like it gives you some license there. I mean, we geez, we put out an album that had 17 songs on it. Yeah. So, I mean, we, <laughs> we've done the opposite end of the spectrum, too, where we just kind of put everything out there. But I think to me. I was proud of all of it. You know, I still am. That's, that's how I always am. When people ask me, what's your favorite song or what's, you know, I like them all. They're all my kids basically. Oh yeah. So it's hard for me to, there's something about all of them that I love. Even the real short ones or even the ones that are just music or, or that sort of thing. So that's something that I tend to, I think we as a band all agree on. We like doing things that are a little different sometimes, but I, I think I tend to fight for that a little more. Um, and that may be a generational thing with me, um, coming from a different time than my bandmates. Cause I'm mm -hmm. older than both of them. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just what I like. I just want to, there's a lot of stuff that I've written that probably will never end up being many colored death because it is, to something else, you know, um, and it'll just be my thing, I guess. But, uh, but the song like big boy, again, that, that was enough of rock also enough of something different. Uh, and that's cool that you didn't recognize my voice. That's, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't intentionally trying to sound different. I just kind of sang what I thought, uh, would sound right for the song. Yeah, um, cause as soon as I heard, it, I was like, I must be pressed to sing it. Cause that, that's not, <laughs> different, you know, <laughs> I do. I do try to, like I said, I do try to get them to sing when I can. Um, and he, and Preston loves to sing, uh, you know, backup vocals and all that. And I've gotten them to start singing live. Um, you know, we've, we've been playing a song rats like forever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I've got them now singing the verses on that just for fun, just to do something a little different. So, um, yeah, but big, but big boy was, uh, again, it, it's about as close to country as, as we're probably going to get, uh, unless we're just trying to be silly or something like that. But um, <clears throat> it's, uh, I, you know, I mean, 
lyrics are a funny thing sometimes, you know, and considering the climate of 2020, there were a lot of things kind of uh, going on politically. There were a lot of things going on socially, just a lot of stuff and everyone being locked down. So on top, on top of what was happening, we're all locked down and, and going through that as well. Um, so this, uh, you know, big boy was, you know, I've, I've already heard one person interpreting it in a completely different way, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a commentary on a previous regime. I can put it, I'll I'll leave it at that. All right, well, let's check it out. This is Big Boy, and uh, this is the Many Colored Death on Beyond FM, the best of everything STL.
the best of everything STL. It is Beyond FM celebrating the new release from the Mini Color Death. It's called Know Nothing. And uh, let's talk a little bit about In My Head. Sure. Yeah. So that was that was definitely one that well, 100% came out uh, in 20, you know, during COVID, during the lockdown, written, conceived, all of that. Um, I'd had sort of the main opening little riff knocking around in my head for a while and been trying to figure out how to make a song out of it. Cause I liked it, even though it's hard to play. I, I liked it. And, um, we had jammed on it a bit, finally came up with some other parts to kind of wrap around it. And, um, once, once we got the music kind of figured out and how all that was going to go, um, I went in and just started, I don't know, again, that same type of thing playing and just, humming along, trying to come up with um, with some sort of melody and, and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, at the time, uh, 2020 was hard. I There were things about it that were really great. Um, I certainly don't <clears> – <throat> I certainly appreciated the amount of time I had with my whole family. You know, there, I, I can't remember seeing my kids – every day, all day for that, <laughs> for that long, you know, yeah. except when they were babies. Um, since they've been in school, they've always been gone during the day. Um, but now they were at home with us all day long. Uh, so there were a lot of things that were different. I, I certainly enjoyed that and, and noticed even, I think it was great for a lot of, a lot of families because suddenly you were trying to find ways to do things together that would be fun for everyone. So, I mean, I remember being out just the the trails and things in this area were packed with families all the time and just thinking like, I bet these people never come out here, but here they are because they just all need to get out of the house mm-hmm. uh, and spend some time together. So uh, for me, you know, you had all that, but I also had sort of my primary outlet for creativity and in a lot of ways, like music is kind of therapy for me. Oh yeah, it's, definitely. It, it just, it, it sort of soothes my soul. It lets me get out and just kind of like scream and shout and enjoy a moment with other people. Uh, and then it was just gone. And so, yeah, I got, I got pretty low at times, um, during full lockdown and, and all of that. And, and just, you know, dealing with a lot of things, uh, going through that. So, in my head was that really just came out of that. It was really just sort of a self examination. Where am I at? What am I thinking? Um, you know, just being down and trying to find grasp something to bring you out of it, you know, whatever you could find and, uh, you know, working on music helped a lot, but at the end of the day, uh, for me, and and like it says uh, in the chorus of the song, I mean, I can it, all the reasons to remain are uh, you know in this picture frame. It's just kind of you just look at you look at the people around you that love you and care about you, and you go, well, yeah, that's that's why I'm here. Um, and that can that can keep you moving on, you know, can keep you keep your feet on the ground and keep you facing forward and moving forward and. Uh, so that's what it was. And, and I, once I finished the song and showed it to the band, I think they also kind of felt like, 
well, this is this is a good like time capsule kind of song, like a real mm-hmm. a snapshot of that time. Um, and because I know a lot of people were going through the same thing, so uh, I, I know a lot of people who didn't make it out of of that time either. So, exactly. um, but uh, yeah, it is. I've I've often found music favorite songs and and some of the stuff that I have really enjoyed that we've done is where we sort of mix kind of up-tempo, happy-sounding music with lyrics that aren't, you know, (laughs) the same. You can kind of, uh, you could just listen to music and feel good. You can dig into the lyrics and feel something else, and then you can combine them. And I've always always liked bands that did that sort of thing. Oh, me too. Um, So, so yeah, so that's that's in my head. It's it's really, uh, and actually, we recorded that song, um, the pre sort of the little middle section that's right before the guitar solo was different and it was really weird and it did this weird timing thing. And after we got finished with it, I played it for some people and they were like, man, this song is awesome. I got lost in the middle, but, uh, <laughs> and so we went, we went back and kind of reshaped it a little bit and, and retracted that middle bit just cause it was, it was a little out in left field. Um, and we certainly don't want to lose groove or, or totally yeah. lose people on stuff. You know, I, I love odd time stuff. I love doing things like that, but never at the expense of just like screwing the song up in the middle. So, yeah. but yeah, so, so yeah, that's in my head. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll jam it and enjoy it. And um, this is in my head and this is the mini color death and it's on beyond FM.
the best of everything STL. It is beyond FM and uh, appreciate all the time that you're spending with us, Brent, um, as we celebrate the release of uh, Know Nothing, which is your new EP from the Mini Color Death. And uh, now we're going to go into my favorite song, which is uh, also spelled very nicely as well. This is called Heavyweight, and it's not, you know, um, it's. I don't think it's about weight gain on, in quarantine time. <laughs> no, no. It's spelled W-A-I-T uh, and not, yeah. you know, pounds. So so it is a play on words. Um, there, There is a W-E-I-G-H-T component to this, but mm-hmm. no one would ever know what it is because the song is based off like a completely not I wouldn't say personal but it's a situation that I was familiar with in people that I know uh uh, basically um well I'll I'll start the song again this is a a alternate tuning song and we had written I don't know back on our last album okayist uh the last song on that album, which uh, I should know because I wrote it, but <laughs> I'm blanking <laughs> on the name of it. Uh, Obedience School. Uh, that song is, uh, it was a, a guitar that I had that the headstock had broken off of it. And I own a guitar repair shop. So I love mm-hmm. just having like, I've got a lot of like hodgepodgey pieced together, weird guitars. Uh, this one uh, was a, a, like an Epiphone Les Paul that a customer had broken the headstock off of twice, um, gave it to me. So I I converted it to a headless guitar, and I thought, well, I got to put it in some tuning that I don't normally play in because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm not going to play this guitar. And so I did, and it's in like a drop B. It's really low, but it sounded cool. And and just like anything, the second I throw something in a weird tuning, I'd, I'll end up writing something in it. And now I've got to <laughs> have another guitar if we're going to play the song. So. Uh, so I kind of kept that, just that drop B tuning around and had kind of fussed with it a little bit and, and changed some notes and tried some different things and ended up coming up again with this weird sort of drop B, but had some strange notes in it. We wrote four, I think, songs in that tuning. Uh, and this was the one that, uh, we ended up getting done. The other ones, it's just music. I haven't come up with melodies or lyrics for them yet. So those are still hanging around for a future thing, but, uh, but yeah, so the, the story behind, uh, this one, um, was, so I, I've had some family friends, um, that were, that I grew up with their kids and they were my mom's generation. Uh, the parents, one of them, uh, became ill and it was sort of a long-term illness. Um, and it, from the outside looking in, it it seemed like the person with the illness wasn't necessarily doing anything to improve the situation, I guess. Not like giving up, but there was sort of a refusal to uh, change ways that maybe were accelerating Mm -hmm. (laughs) the situation. Um, and so there was, there was definitely lots of weight gain involved. Um, there was a steady diet of just kind of like terrible food and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and this was a very lively, I mean, these were active 
lively people. So you had on the one hand, this person who was kind of destroying themselves slowly while also being destroyed by something that they couldn't seem to figure out. And, uh, and then you had uh, the other person in the relationship having to sort of continue while giving, uh, you know, trying to care for this person the best way they knew how and uh, try to be there for them and all that. But also at the same time, just watching this person waste away for, you know, five years or whatever it was. Uh, and, but still feeling vital, you know, and has energy and they're not, nothing's happening to them. Um, so, so the idea that's kind of the, that was sort of the impetus for writing the song, but then, and there's lots of little references to that in there. The other side of it is sort of coming out of that. Uh, once, uh, once this person passed away, um, their spouse was like ready to go, you know, like ready to get back out there and, yeah. and start living life again. Cause they've been waiting all this time to just, like, you know, there's maybe death's my only friend is the, you know, you hate to feel that way about someone you care about, someone you love. But at the same time, there's a point where it's just, you know, you've done everything you can it, and it is what it is. You're just you you kind of start to move on before because it's the only way you'd get through it. If You know, if, mm-hmm. when when it is actually over. And I, and I dealt with some of that when I was young too. I, my dad passed away when I was 16. Mm. Um, and, but it was a long-term thing, you know, and it was kind of like one of these deals where, you know, there were trips to the hospital and it was like, this might be it. And then it wasn't. And then there was like, well, this might be the last Christmas. Well, then it wasn't. And over time that yo-yoing just starts to grind. And at some point you just start to, disassociate or you start to just like, I got to let go earlier because I know where this is going. There's no, we know what the end is. Mm -hmm. We just don't know when the end is. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had those same experiences as well. So yeah, yeah, I think most people have, and that's, (laughs) that's always, I, I, I try to, when I write a lot of times, I really just try to be, as non-specific as I can, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can, but, but I really enjoy when people get their own meaning out of a song, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily always want them to know exactly what it means to me. I want them to find meaning in it. And if they, if they find the opposite thing that I was intending, that's okay. You know, <laughs> good, good for them. They heard it in a completely different way and that's pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, again, when, when you write about something that's very, personal of course no one but anyone involved in that situation would ever be able to parse that out of the lyrics but yeah. they really have to dig hard because i don't again i'm not i'm not a person who uses names i'm not a person mm-hmm. who does you know i just kind of try to make it um where you can make it fit your life you know however you can so exactly <clears throat> well yeah I'll- and the song's heavy so <laughs> yeah there you go well, I appreciate you spending uh, some quality time with us, and um, yeah. you know we 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 love you to death over here. So awesome. can't well, wait to you see guys you guys so um, back on our side of the world, or else uh, we're going to come out there and see you guys. So 
Yeah, yeah. Hoping we'll be. Uh, I don't think we're going to be on that side of the state yet in 2021, but we're hoping to go out like gangbusters in 2022. So, again, fingers crossed uh, that all works out. So, um, but yeah, man, th- thanks so much for for playing the EP and supporting the band, and and we can't it it that means everything to us to have people out there. Uh, spreading the word and telling people about it. And um, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah. You do what we can and we appreciate everything and can't wait to hang again. And if there's anything you guys ever need uh, from us, you know, we will not hesitate one bit. So. I don't man. Thanks to me. All right. I appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon and we'll leave everybody with heavyweight. And uh, this is, the, uh, this is the Midi Color Death on the best of everything STL Beyond FM. Good night.
my head I feel no shame Life awaits And 